All right, we're taking everybody back to Virginia this week. Back to Virginia. That's right. We're going to go to a little city that was once purchased with 6,000 pounds of tobacco. Tobacco. Like tobacco, tobacco. Like rolled tobacco. The entire town. Actually, I don't know if it was rolled, but it's tobacco. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of cool. And also, what another cool thing that we're going to talk a lot about, and I can't wait to talk about this, there's a farmer's market here that George Washington used to send his fruits and veggies down to be sold at over 250 years ago that you can still visit today. Now that's cool. Shopping at a farmer's market that George Washington used to uh, frequent. That's, that's cool. It, that's exactly right. Where are we going to, Callie? We're going to Alexandria, Virginia. Put your seatbelt on. Here we go. Did you know that 46 million Americans plan to take an RV trip in the next 12 months? 90% of recreational vehicle owners take three or more mini vacations every year. Welcome to the RV Destinations Podcast. If it's RV travel, we're talking about it. From campgrounds to museums to national and state parks, kayaking and hiking opportunities. One of the most fun and pleasurable things you can do is just hit the road. So be ready to be inspired. Welcome in to the RV Destinations Podcast. Now your host, President Randy Beheimer and Editor-in-Chief Callie Beheimer. Hello and welcome to the RV Destinations Podcast. This is the podcast series where we talk everything about RV destinations across the United States and Canada. I am Callie Beheimer, Editor-in-Chief of RV Destinations Magazine, here with Randy Beheimer, President of RV Destinations Magazine, and we are joined today once again by the ever-so-famous Whitney O'Halick, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah, did, did you miss us from last week? <laughs> I know. Ever-so-famous. Oh, yeah, I missed you guys the last two days. <laughs> I know. It's been forever. Well, w- w- what's funny is uh, we, we had you back, uh, you know, the following week, or actually four or five days later, uh, but we're talking about the same stage we did last time. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're Williamsburg, and now we're going to talk about Alexandria, Virginia. Alexandria, Virginia. So it just Virginia's a cool state, apparently. Yep. I think we need to spend some more time there, because I, I know already, reading through this top ten, Whitney, that I'm like, dang, nabbit, another one on the list I want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you have a friend in Northern Virginia, so you should come and visit her sometime. We need to. We were just talking about that <laughs> offline. Can we just crash at your place? Yeah, we'll, we'll crash there. <laughs> um, it is tiny, but sure, absolutely. Y'all are used you better run that by your husband first. <laughs> he'll be like, we're busy that weekend, Whitney. Tell him we're very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll just be like, I'm going to take a trip somewhere. He's like, I'll be busy that weekend. <laughs> exactly. You, you know what's amazing, Callie? T- huh. Today, this marks our 31st episode, uh, which just blows my mind because it just seems like it was, uh, we we did, uh, Whitney, I, I don't think you know the story, but we were doing a... Um, RV show in York, uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, and um, someone walked up and said, uh, "Do you don't you guys have a podcast?" We're like, "No," and and she mm. said something like, "To the She's fact like, you should you should really have you should really one. have one," and we're both like. Yes, yeah, yes, my, we should. Oh my gosh, my my my, uh, my gear started turning in my brain. I'm like, oh, how can we put that together? Okay, that'd be awesome. And I'm like, we've got all the content, we've mm-hmm. got all the writers. It's like you know, it's kind of an extension of writing for the magazine. So it's it's perfect. I mean, and. And uh, honestly, the the podcast is growing tenfold. Yeah, uh, it's been amazing. I just love that all of you out there love all of us in here. So thank you. Yeah, we we don't know if people get uh, 
get us. But, oh, they get us. But it's growing, so some people must like what we're saying. They totally like us. And, and it's funny because as I went back and listened to some of our first episodes, and I'm terrible. I, I, I am not a public speaker, and I do a lot of ums and uhs and ums and, you know, all the stuff you're not supposed to do as a public speaker. But I, I, I listened to myself, and I did a lot more back then. I think I've cleared some of that out. Are you are you not getting completely. rid of the um? Well, not not completely. I still no. do it. Because uh, it, it, I mean, we're not professionally publicly speaking. It's not like we're standing in front of a big crowd. And I've I've done that. And yeah, I, I've done my fair share of that. So now we're just having fun. We're just hillbilly RVers having right. conversations with a thousand of our closest <laughs> friends. Exactly, and they tune in to listen to our antics. That's right. So today we brought Whitney back on to talk about Alexandria, Virginia. Yes. Um, now, I think we've been through Alexandria. I don't think you and I have ever oh, stopped I've, in Alexandria. I've never been there. But I this have is, not. This is another East Coast town that's rich in history. And uh, I've got some fun facts here. Do you want me to start there? Or do we? Um... Yeah, let's start there. Okay. And then, and, and don't forget, y'all, we're going to give Whitney time to plug herself at the end. Hopefully you've been following along. You know exactly who Whitney is. You've already gone out and you found her on social media and her website. But if not, no worries. Whitney's going to plug herself at the end. Yeah, and actually Whitney's uh, currently working on an article that we're going to be featuring in our fall edition, I believe, issue 19. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a whiskey tour in Tennessee, correct? Isn't that what it's about? That is correct. Oh. Tennessee Whiskey Trail. Yeah, now, now, the funny thing is, it, it, uh, you don't drink. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm a, I'm so totally a teetotaler. <laughs> but you know, you know, and, and people are like, "Well, that just lost all our credibility." No, 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 it didn't, because you had the state of Tennessee or some division of the state of Tennessee that asked you to write this article, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I was sought out. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> because I am I am from Tennessee, so I am originally from Tennessee, and so it just you know I may not drink it, but it's in my blood anyway. <laughs> so I was delighted to help out my home state. Um, I did an article for the Tennessee Whiskey Trail about the some of the distilleries across the state and the state parks from Tennessee, and so it was so within my wheelhouse because the whole theme was like outdoor adventure. Oh yeah. So that was kind of the angle that I was able to take with that. And it was super fun. I got to tour a distillery with my parents, <laughs> which was <laughs> also very entertaining. So um, That's great. Were you the DD? <laughs> more to come on yeah. that in RV Destination <laughs> Right. That, that's awesome. So so when you, uh, I'm envisioning you writing the article, like the barrels smelled, uh, smelled like oaky and this and that. Because <laughs> <laughs> cause you, you can only use your other senses, but I guess you probably dive a little bit into the history of it and, you know, kind of what they're known for and uh, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome because we, I know we talked offline about this, but Callie and I are gonna, we're working on beginning stages of putting this together, but we're going to do the bourbon tour because we live here in Kentucky and the bourbon tour is a very, very famous tour, of course. And yeah. I don't drink bourbon. And she doesn't drink bourbon. So I, I'll be the... D yeah. Well, there you go. She, she's going to be the DD, <laughs> and I'm going to... Actually, we're going to try to rent a, a small little um, a bus and have some friends go with us, but but uh, we're going to try to put that in one of the next upcoming mm -hmm. issues. Uh, not sure when that's going to play out, but That'll that's be coming fun. up, too, as well. That'll be super fun. And then, sometime in the future, we can do a whole like winery tour for me. Yep. That'd be great. Napa, Napa Valley or something. That'd be awesome. How about Tuscany? <laughs> Tuscany. We could rent an RV and yes. go through Tuscany and uh, visit. I'll be your designated there you, driver. There you Perfect. go. There you, well, there you go. Well, I don't drink wine, so I should probably be the driver, but uh, I'll let you two drink. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some fun facts about Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. And to put this on the map, Alexandria is right across 
uh, uh, from Washington, D.C., so real close to uh, Whitney's hometown there of Washington, D.C., but uh, some fun things, So, um, and I'm getting all these facts off of uh, this one happens to come from militarybyowner.com. Military by owner? <laughs> yeah, blog.militarybyowner.com, 12 facts you okay. didn't know about Alexandria, Virginia. And um, it, uh, Alexandria, Virginia was first owned by... Uh, 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 no, excuse me. It was first owned by Robert Housen, which was given to him in 1669. So this predates even the United States of America. Wow. Uh, the, the governor gave uh, uh, Robert Housen uh, the whole city of Alexandria, um, and, and then he later sold it to John Alexander for 6,000 pounds of tobacco. <laughs> so, so, so in, you know, they're they're currently harvesting tobacco down the street from us. So if I go get 6,000 pounds of tobacco out of these fields, I can think, I go purchase it back? I don't think that's going to buy a small no. town in Kentucky. <laughs> Dang. No. Okay, I tried. Yeah, so whatever year, it doesn't say what year, but Robert Housen sold it to John Alexander, who the town is now named after, Alexandria. For six thousand pounds of tobacco, so That's insane. Uh, very, very interesting. All these cool facts. Yeah, um, I think this might have made it to the top ten. I briefly ran through it, but Alexander is known as um, uh, the ice cream cone capital of the United States. Oh no way! Yeah, that was uh, voted by Forbes magazine. Now, how does how does one win the ice cream cone capital? Of the United States, and it's not on the top ten. Oh, it's not on the top it's ten. Not. Okay, so I, you can I, brag on it. Okay, okay. I want to make sure. I, I get a little nervous when I start revealing things. So it says, Al- uh, um, Alexandria is a very walkable city, which perhaps led to the interesting fact that Forbes magazine dubbed the city as the ice cream cone capital of the United States. Yeah. This award was announced to the city of Alexandria in 2019. <laughs> Local establishments, as well as chain ice cream stores, can be found throughout Alex- Alexandria. That's, that's all it really, says. That's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I know there was a lot of them. Uh, did you see a lot of them when you were there? I assume you did. I actually lived there for four years, and I have to say there's a lot of really good ice cream there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's really, really. So my favorite, I'll just give them a plug. My favorite is Pops, Pops Ice Cream okay, I do. down by the waterfront. So Yeah, so there's four ice cream shops. I'm looking at a different one. This is on uh, youratthometeam.com. Uh, it says there's four, um, uh, or on King Street uh, in the Old Town, there's the Creamery Nice Cream, Pops Old Fashioned Ice Cream, and Kilwins, uh, Kilwins, Kilwins, Kilwins. Okay, that that makes sense. Kilwins, Alexandra, some of the best ice ice cream shops in Alexandra, but right there on King Street. So uh, for, a little further out, they got Ben and Jerry's uh, in. Let's see a bunch of all uh, other ones. Uh, Gelato Cafe, Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams, Artisan Gelato. Yeah, there, there's a bu- bunch of hmm. them here. So lots of ice cream uh, in Alexandria. So. Number three I've got here, uh, and these are three of the fun facts. Not, I'm not counting down here. <laughs> I, I, I wrote them out this time. I'm like, okay. I'm going to mention this one, number three. So a young George Washington helped to design the streets in the current old town of Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, neat. Uh, he was uh, well-known to spend a lot of time there. Of course, um, the uh, his uh, Mount Vernon is mm-hmm. right outside of Alexandria, correct? Isn't that right? It so, so it's right there. I mean, I guess it would be still considered in Alexandria. So he spent a lot of time there in Alexandria. Um, let's see. Alexandria is a very dog-friendly community. In fact, the city has approximately 18 dog parks available to residents and visitors alike. Nice. Uh, yep. And it sounds like uh, there's maybe some of the, yeah, you can take 
dogs into basketball courts, tennis courts, nature uh, hikes, and all these different activities and fitness centers. They allow them in there. But there's over 900 acres of city parks there hmm. in Alexandria. Uh, I'm going to just briefly mention this because I do know this one's on uh, on on the top ten, and that's Gadsby's Tavern. Uh, that was built back in 1785. We're going to talk about that in the top ten, so I don't want to give that. That's still operating today, mm-hmm. and we'll chat a little bit about moving that. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. I know, <laughs> I know. Alexandria, Alexandria is frequently nominated for awards over the years. Uh, major publications like Southern Living and National Geographic Explorer and Travel Leisurely have consistently named or nominated Alexandria as one of the prettiest cities, happiest cities, best cities in the South, best boutique shopping in in addition to a host of another category. So one of the best cities uh, in America. All the more reason to add it to your list of places to go see. Right, right. And then Alexander is where Orville Wright earned his military wings. Um, like the then, Orville Wright of the Wright Brothers? That's right. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. W-R-I-G-H-T. That's R-I-G-H-T of the W-R-I-G-H-T. I love the English language. So I so we we mentioned this on the intro, and this is one of the top ten, so I don't want to go too deep into it, but there's an old town farmers, farmer's market there that's been in operation over 250 years, yeah. so we're going to talk a lot about that uh, in the top 10, so I'm going to skip over that, but here's one that I found very, very inter- interesting. So there was a gentleman, let me see if I can find his name real quick, um, yeah, I'm not fine, but anyway, <laughs> so so th- this gentleman, um, and I'm sorry, I'm not finding his, his name. We'll just but call him Mr. Guy, Mr. Mr. Well, well, anyway, there was a gentleman that lived next to an alley, and all these uh, drunkards and wagons and everything used to go through this alley, and so it pissed him off. And so what he did is he built a... I know. Now you can't talk about this. Oh, I can't talk about this? You cannot talk about this. This is number 10. So I'll give you a moment, and then you can talk about it. So we're going to start with the top 10 (laughs) things to do in Alexandria, Virginia. Okay, so... And number 10 is find the narrowest house in America. Tell him, Randy. <laughs> well, no, I, I want Whitney. I might as well let Whitney. Okay, so I messed up there. Okay, uh, so John. <laughs> Whitney's like, shut up, Randy. Shut John up, Randy. Hollinsbury, John Hollinsbury is the man in question. Okay. And he did build this spite house. It's called the, the spite, spite house. It is the narrowest house in America. It is only seven feet wide. And he basically filled in an alley next to him and um, his neighbor's house because people were, you know, misusing his alley. Wow. And so um, I think they are not really sure if it was legal for him to do this, but the house is still there (laughs) since, um, I want to say since 18... 40 or 1850, 1830. Wow. Did anybody live in the house? Yes. Somebody actually owns it. So when last I checked, a small house collector owned the house. Oh, interesting. Can you imagine having a collection of tiny houses all over? (laughs) That's Um, what you do when you have that kind of money to have a collection of homes. Exactly. But so it is on Queen Street. And so fun fact, I used to live in the house across the street. No way. House in America. It's true. So my claim to fame was that when I moved to Alexandria, I had the best view in the world of the narrowest house in America. Oh my gosh. That is (laughs) so cool. That is neat. So I'm sure you saw a ton of people like standing out in front of this house. And I think one of my favorite pictures that I'm seeing online, which is so cute, 
it's two people like standing with their arms out, touching hands, and they go from end to end of the house, like side yep. to side of it. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he- here's where I was leading with that. So okay. I was leading with a different direction. They, they, they said they, you know, allegedly mm-hmm. uh, he built the house uh, out of spite. And that's where the saying oh, came the from, spite out of spite. House. Yes, the spite house. Okay, spite the, house. There, I, I guess there's no direct evidence that that's where the saying came from, but there's, I guess, a group of people that believe that that's where the, doing that out of spite. He built the little house in the alley out of spite. Out of spite. That, so, well, anyway, that I thought sense. that was kind of funny. But yeah, I didn't mean to ru- ruin your thunder. Oh, I, I think I, <laughs> I so gracefully saved that. I mean, it was uh, people out there have no idea that I just gracefully saved that. I say very sarcastically. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get on this podcast. Yeah, never know. All right. So number nine, Randy, do you have anything that you want to interject? Before I go on to number nine, no, no, I no, I I, I <laughs> saw that that was on there, and I did see number one, and I was very brief about that one yes, as well. Good but, job, um, baby. Yeah. It's okay. It's cute. This is why we work so well together, and my hands are like waving around and all that good stuff. She throws things at me actually. I, oh, actually, that's a good idea. Like I need. Some we of should those really squ- record these with video sometimes. We should. <laughs> you know, we've been asked that. Why don't you do video? Like, no, it's already hard enough <laughs> for us not to make faces and. Part of me not to say um and ums. You imagine all the faces I make while I'm talking. Oh, I make crazy faces when I talk. Oh, my goodness. So number nine is Tor Gadsby's Tavern Museum. And so I understand that this this is what one of the original taverns that George Washington used to go to. But now it's a restaurant. So it's no longer. Uh, I'm sorry. Now it's a museum. It's no longer an actual restaurant. Is Is that right? Actually, it is both. So the oh. original part was built in 18, I'm sorry, 1785. And that is the museum. So Gatsby's Hover Museum. But there was an addition, a much larger addition built in 1792. And that is the bottom part of that is the restaurant and the top part is um, part of the museum as well. So you can tour the museum and the upstairs of the restaurant, and then you can go and have a meal at the restaurant, lunch or dinner. Oh, that's really so that's cool. Re- that's I didn't really realize cool. it was actually a working, you're, you're pointing at me, a working uh, restaurant too. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it reminds me of the place in New York, the Francis oh, Tavern, that yeah. we, I think it was Francis, yeah, where George Washington the delivered the, upstairs, right? right, right, where okay. you could eat downstairs and go mm-hmm. up to the museum upstairs. But that was so cool because they had like yes. original George Washington letters there, and he delivered his speech after winning the American Revolution mm-hmm. there at the front. I think it's France's France's uh, tavern. Um, I don't remember what road it was on, but anyway, this sounds a lot like that. So, so was he just a frequent guest there? Uh, or no, he was a frequent guest. His favorite meal was the duck, and they do mm-hmm. still serve duck there at the restaurant, which is pretty cool. And he actually, so he had Mount Vernon down south but he it took a long time to go from mount vernon to alexandria back in the day like it was not a 20 minute car ride obviously (laughs) so he actually had a townhouse as well and his townhouse is right around the corner it's literally like a block and a half away his townhouse um and there's a historic marker it's actually an airbnb i know y'all are traveling with your rvs but you can actually i have actually stayed there which was like a dream come true for me. Oh, um, awesome. Big George Washington history nerd here. <laughs> That's so, cool. Uh, so he lived around the corner and it was his favorite place to eat in Alexandria. And taverns were not just places to eat. There were places just to gather. There's a ballroom in each um, section of the of Gatsby's Tavern. And so it was really more of a meeting place. And so a lot of, you know, 
a lot of early American discussions were had here at this tavern. So it's well worth your time to go and visit, especially the museum, but also to get a meal at the restaurant. What, what kind of things were in the museum? Do you recall? Uh, I mean, did they have a lot of historical like letters and stuff? So they don't have um, any of those things are going to be down at Mount Vernon in this area, but they do have a lot of things from John Gadsby, who was the owner of Gadsby's Tavern. And um, they ha- so they have several pieces that were either um, remakes from the time or an- actual antiques from the time period. So they've tried to make it look as original as it did when it was first built, um, which is pretty great. And one of my favorite things, though, is that in room number eight, which it's no longer labeled number eight, but um, room number eight is haunted. Oh, <laughs> so, I know you guys love ghost tours. And so I used to actually give ghost tours in Alexandria. Did you? Did you really? I did. <laughs> and um, I'll get to more of that later. But one of my favorite stops was outside of Gatsby's Tavern because you could look and you could see the window for room number eight. And so supposedly this lady who was the um, the female stranger was what everybody called her because nobody knew her name. And she came here and she died. She came here on a boat and she died in the bedroom in room number eight at the tavern. And so now she haunts the tavern. And sometimes she opens the door of the restaurant. And I kid you not, I was giving a tour. I'm like dressed in my colonial garb. I have my little lantern. I'm telling the story. And behind me, like, I'm looking at these people in front of me, and their faces go white, and their (laughs) jaws drop, and their eyes get super wide. And I'm like, did you see something? And and one of the kids, like, points behind me and goes, the door opened. And I had just gotten done telling them that the ghost opens the door. It was the perfect Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She and I I were like, you know, like this. I'm crossing my fingers. Oh, yeah. You you were like, thank you, lady. One of my favorite experiences that I ever had giving ghost tours was the door actually opened right after I said that the ghost opens the door. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. I bet you got really good tips that night. (laughs) I probably did. I don't even remember. one of my favorite tours. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. That is fun. Oh, and I can't wait because I know we're going to talk about it later. So I totally can't wait to ask you more questions <laughs> on the on the ghost tour. So number eight is visit the Stabler Leadbeater Apothecary Museum. And it sounds like there is some seriously fun stuff in the attic uh, of this <laughs> museum. Absolutely. So anybody who read Harry Potter apparently knows about dragon's blood. <laughs> they have <laughs> dragon's blood in the attic. Um, but the, so the apothecary is one of the oldest op- apothecaries in the country. And it's actually where George Washington and Martha Washington had their prescriptions filled. Oh, really? I kid you not. They actually have a receipt that was signed by Martha Washington. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. So they have that cool. on display there for you. It's super cool. And they just have like old apothecaries fascinate me. Yeah. Um, you know, the jars that they used to keep things in and the little cabinets where they, you know, kept all the stuff. And But then you go up into the attic and they have all these like crazy things that you would never even, you know, think of today. Like dragon's blood yeah like a petrified chicken leg because yeah. everybody <laughs> needs one of those um, so just all kinds of really cool things like um, they have hand-blown glass and medical equipment 
stuff, you know, that, that they used to use back in the day. And it operated for a really long time. I can't remember exactly how long it operated, but it is so worth your time to visit. It's small. Um, so you can go through it in, you know, half an hour, maybe less. They have a really cool gift shop too. Um, but my favorite fun fact about the apothecary is that this is where United States Colonel Robert E. Lee, mm -hmm. I will say that again, United States Colonel Robert E. Lee was here in 1859 when he got the news that there was a raid at Harper's Ferry wow. led by a man named John Brown. So any Civil War buff knows that the whole statement I just said is weird, <laughs> um, but it's, it's like one of my favorite things that like, it just shows you how history is so much more complicated and so much not black and white. Right. Um, because obviously Robert E. Lee was the Confederate general, like he yeah. was the Confederate general, but before that he was a United States colonel. Oh and he gosh. was from Alexandria. And so he was just at the apothecary when he got the news and he had to go put down this raid at Harper's Ferry, which is now in West Virginia, but at the time was Virginia. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. It, yeah, Did you know that, honey? No, I didn't. That's really interesting. I'm reading about it right here. It said, once the Civil War uh, erupted, Alexandria was quickly occupied by the Union troops, a fact noted in the Ledbetter Business Day Book. After the first Battle of Manassas, Union troops poured into Alexandria and the apothecary books reported that many soldiers stood in line for a long time to buy hot drops, which was, <laughs> which was a cough expectorant containing paprika and alcohol. Oh <laughs> the, the, the drops sold for a cent each and sold over $1,000 in one day to all the Whoa. Union soldiers. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's a wonder that we are alive as a nation today, having survived things like having your blood sucked out of you by leeches, you know, being cut to to bleed stuff out of your system, to go through apothecaries, to drink things like, oh, you got a cough? Let me give you some liquid cocaine. You'll feel great. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's amazing what, you know, where medicine has come today and what it came from. Yeah, look, it looks like it continued to operate as a pharmacy basically until 1933 when the Great mm. Depression hit. And I, I don't think you said that. I was just going to continue the thought there. And then the death of uh, Edward Led. Beater? Is lead it lead better or lead beater? I think it's lead better. It is lead better. Okay. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say, but it looks like it's spelled beater. Uh, lead better. Uh, he died, and, and then it uh, was, I guess, vacant until the 1950s. Or, uh, no, I guess it reopened in 1939 as a, a museum at that point. Oh, neat. Yeah, That's I'm skimming through the article here. So Yeah, and it's really cool. Like, if you go out there and, and Google the pictures, it is like kind of like a narrow room and it has all the the shelvings on the side with all the bottles like very much what you would think or or wonder like what did an apothecary look like back in the day this is exactly what it would have looked like so i think that's really gotta, really neat gotta go there and get your hot drops you gotta get your hot drops <laughs> a penny a drop that's a great way to make some money all right so once you've got your hot drops then you're gonna head over to misha's for a fabulous cup of coffee and this is right up my alley so it sounds like uh misha's has been around in town for about 30 years is that right yeah they are the locals coffee shop if you want to drink coffee in alexandria like a local you're going to go to misha's and they actually have two locations they have one on king street and one on prince street that's closer to the waterfront um so you have no excuse to miss it because mm -hmm. they have two different locations <laughs> um but it is they roast their own beans you can i mean you can smell it coming. Oh. You, as you, like before you even see the sign for Misha's, you can start to smell the coffee. 
Oh, that sounds amazing. I love coffee. So total segue crazy side note. We went to Mexico recently and Randy was getting like steamed milk to make his chai tea. And he's like, babe, I'm really digging this. And what can we do? And I'm like, oh, we can just order like a little mini cappuccino maker and they'll have a little steamer. And I'm thinking in my head, I'll use this like never. I can't stop using this thing. Now I'm making myself like little decaf cappuccinos every day. And Randy's like, are you seriously <laughs> making another one? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Yeah, I and think you so had like good. five yesterday. I think I like did. I crazy. know they're so good. And I gave our granddaughter a whole lesson today on how to make a cappuccino. <laughs> Teach them young. That's Teach right. Young. That's right. <laughs> That's fabulous. Okay. So, um, so at Misha's, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. So is it just the coffee shop or do they have like little, any snacks or anything? Or are you just going they in for a do, great cup of coffee? They do have snacks. Um, they have pastries and, you know, sweet pastries and savory pastries. Um, I think they get them from a lo- some of the things from a local vendor and probably some of them they make there. But yeah, I mean, it is, it is the place to be. It is the place to get your coffee. It's the place to get your pastry. And once you do, you can move on to number six. Oh, perfect. So you take your <laughs> cup of coffee at Misha's, you grab a little go bag of a wonderful little pastry, and then you head over to number six, which explore the waterfront. And this is a redeveloped area, right? So it, yes. they, they've redone the whole area. And what can people expect to find down there at the waterfront? So it was always beautiful. I always loved the waterfront, but now it's more of like, like more green space and it just kind of flows a little bit better. So they did a great job and you can walk on the Mount Vernon trail goes right through there. You can just like look out at, I mean, you can literally see Washington DC. You can see the Capitol and the Washington monument in the distance. Um, It's also kind of right across from national Harbor. So you can see the wheel (laughs) over there as well. And it's, um, it's the Potomac, the mm-hmm. water that you see at the waterfront. It's the Potomac. And it was a major waterway. Um, you know, that's why Alexandria was such a big deal back in the day and why Washington, D.C. is there is because of the Potomac River. And you could come all the way up from the Atlantic um, inland and get here. And so the the waterfront is special for historic reasons as well as just beauty, general beauty right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's also the Torpedo Factory Arts Center. And this is super cool. So if you like World War II history, you really need to go to the Torpedo Factory because it's literally a factory where they made torpedoes, guys. Oh, that's cool. They also stored papers here for um, for trials like the... Um, I cannot think of the name right now, but the trials in Germany, uh, they they held the papers here, <laughs> which is super because it was a secure oh, facility. The Nur- Nur- Nuremberg trials. The Nuremberg trials. Thank you so much. I don't know why I couldn't think of that, um, but it was a secure facility, and so they were able to store you know important papers and things there for a while. But now it's an art center, so you go in and there's all these little art shops and. Um, there's an archaeology museum up there. And so it's just a really cool thing that they have made this torpedo factory into, you know, it's a place now where everybody can go. So super cool. Um, they have, um, can take a, you can take a river cruise here from Alexandria to either Georgetown or National Harbor. And you can even go down to Mount Vernon from here on a water taxi. So it's, it's one of my favorite places in town because it's 
it's one of my favorite places that I used to run. And so just the views, just I remember like running and thinking, oh my gosh, I live right across the river from Washington, D.C., you know? Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite places, absolutely. But getting a coffee from Misha's or an ice cream from Pops mm-hmm. and going down to the waterfront is like the best way to spend the afternoon. Oh, that is awesome. And I'm, I'm looking at pictures. I mean, the waterfront looks really cool. It's, you know, you've got some boardwalk area, some green space area, you know, some kind of looks like some older buildings and mixed in with newer buildings. And it's just, it looks like just a really cool place to just go relax and enjoy a day. I want to yeah. stand, I want to stand on the front of a boat <laughs> with my foot up like George Washington and cross the Delaware <laughs> and stand there all state. Callie has no idea what I'm talking about. I know I you do. know what I'm talking about. I know about. that picture. <laughs> I've seen the picture and he's on like, it looks like a little small rowboat, little but I know it's big. Skiff looking and he's thing. like, Land ho! You look, look at all stately. That's right. what I want to do. That I we want to put totally a wig on. Recreate it. We can do it right here in our backyard. I can sail you across the creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, actually, I'm I'm reading a book. I I just finished a book about the American Revolution, uh, and I'm reading a second one. And so I'm knee deep in all this stuff. So this is all real fascinating to me. So uh, two really good books, actually. Tis the season to be giving, and here at RV Destinations, we are in the super giving spirit. Yep, we're in a jolly mood here, and most of you know that uh, that have been with us some time that in December we give our best discounts of the year. We do, we do, and we are giving 30% off any of our subscriptions out there. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like Santa. Ho, ho, ho. That's right, and you got to act. So this is going to go on from November 1st till the end of December. So January 1st, we will turn off this code. This is not a code that's going to stay on all year. Uh, this is not kind of sales gimmick. Uh, you've got basically two months to act. So you better act now by going out to www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash subscribe and put in code HOLIDAY30. That is HOLIDAY30 in all caps at checkout. And by using code HOLIDAY30, you get 30% off any of our subscriptions. You don't want to miss out on this. Come and be inspired. Come and join us, y'all. So we're we're done exploring the waterfront. Now we're going to head over to number five, which is tour the Carlisle House Historic Park. And this is this is a really old home, um, and it's one of the biggest ones in that area, isn't that right? Yes, and it is the only stone house. Really? And yes, everything else from the time was made of wood or brick. But this guy was from Scotland, and in Scotland, you build your house out of stone. Absolutely, and so he did. So, um, but yeah, the Carlisle House is over three hundred years old. Wow. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Carlisle House is uh, not quite three hundred years old. Some of the homes in Alexandria are three hundred years old, but this is one of the oldest houses still standing. And you just definitely don't want to miss it. It's, 1751. Um, 1751 is when it was built. 51, yeah. 51, wow. Yeah. So almost, but not quite. Right, right. Years old. So, but the Carlisle House has history from multiple wars. It, You know, George Washington went there. I don't know if he slept there because he had his own townhouse. But <laughs> Definitely, definitely stepped into the building. Um, But so built in 1752 and what happened in the 1750s was the French and Indian War. And Braddock, General Braddock, the British general, came in like literally just not very long after it had been built 
and he totally wrecked it. Like he left it in absolute shambles. Um, They'll tell you all of this on the tour. He was just, I mean, this was like the beginnings of like, okay, these British people are, you know, not very respectful of us. Yeah. And so this is one of those like founding moments in history that is, you know, little known, but it's like, this is why, this is why the colonists felt like they were not being respected by the British because things like this would happen. And um, so you go into the house, you tour it, you hear about the mummified cat in the wall. I was going (laughs) to ask you about that. Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah. So what's the story behind the mummified cat? So I think, so there's a couple of different theories, but I think the one that is most common is that that was a, a thing that you did for good luck. What? Is you, you mummified a cat and buried it in the wall. Oh, poor cat. So, so definitely don't miss it. He's in the basement. No. Oh. I'm not sure, but the cat is in the basement. Um, but so War of 1812, you know, saw the French and Indian War, the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812. But the big stuff happened during the American Civil War. And during the Civil War, Alexandria, like we've already mentioned, was occupied by the Union, even though it was in Virginia, it was a Confederate state, but or in a Confederate state, but the Union occupied it basically as soon as the war broke out. And they set up headquarters at the Carlisle House. Oh, wow. So, um, and I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago, there was a show on PBS called Mercy Street. Mm, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it it was, it was about this. It was about the Green family. Mr. Green lived in this house and his family was living there when the union came in and said, now we live here. Um, And so it was kind of a hospital. And I mean, it just, it saw everything. It saw everything. Um, It was a major stop on our ghost tours (laughs) because there were lots of ghosts associated with the Civil War. Um, So it's just fascinating. It's fascinating to go into a place that has seen so much history. So it's one of the things that I recommend over anything else because it's so much history. It's so interesting. It's so quirky with the cat and all. (laughs) Right. Um, so definitely, definitely take the tour of the Carlisle house. It is 100% worth your time. Oh yeah. And it's a beautiful home. And and it's interesting because I just came across a website, um, about the preservation of the Carlisle house and had some pictures of what it looked like before it was completely restored. And wow, <laughs> what a hot mess it was. It, it's just, mm-hmm. but it's incredible to see that it was brought back to this incredible original glory of this home. It is yeah, stunning, stunning, beautiful. And, you know, so part of the reason why it needed to be restored is because they had literally built a hotel. So the Green family had literally built a hotel in oh, front of the house. Wow. And so that is where um, Union soldiers lived. They used it as a hospital. Um, but then the family lived in the house out back. And it like literally it just was like the house out back, even though it was this like super mm-hmm. fancy mansion. Um, but, yeah, the the restoration efforts 
are incredible. And the lengths that the Alexandria Historical Preservation Society are willing to go to, mm-hmm. to, you know, keep the historical integrity really fascinates me. And I really appreciate that about Old Town Alexandria. That's awesome. I do too. I, I, well, I just appreciate that anywhere across the United States in general, because we are such a young country and we go to these other countries and you see artifacts and homes and buildings that have been sitting there since, you know, a thousand, <laughs> yeah. a thousand AD. And it's like, what? Yeah. And, and we get excited if something in the United States is like 300 right. years old. Right. <laughs> well, when we were, uh, we were just in Norway uh, last year, yeah. th- about a year ago, uh, it was August of last year. We we're looking at a stave church, and it was built in like eleven hundred. Yeah, eleven hundred. Eleven hundred, and it was out of wood. Sick. Yeah, that's what was crazy. It was made out of wood from eleven hundred AD. Yeah, it was. I was thinking this is six hundred, almost seven hundred years yeah. before the United States was ever even thought of. Wow, I mean, that's it's crazy. It was before Columbus even sailed to the United States, it just yeah, time. Uh, Time here is a little bit different than time there. At least mm-hmm. European here. Of course, yes. we know what the natives were here and all that. And yeah. I'm not going to go down that road. But, but you know, as far as we're concerned, in modern history. Modern European. history of when buildings were actually being built right. and set up. All right. So now we're on to number four. And this sounds like a lot of fun. And this is Bike the Mount Vernon Trail. And this is a pretty decent sized trail, about 18 miles long. 18 miles, and it goes all the way from George Washington's Mount Vernon all the way up to Georgetown. Oh, that's really neat. So you could literally yeah. just hop on it at one location and just ride all the way through. Yeah, just ride all the way. And it cuts right through Alexandria. It follows the waterfront pretty much the whole way. And it was my favorite running trail when I lived in Old Town. And, you know, running, biking, Take your horse. (laughs) 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 It's a multi-use trail, multi-purpose trail. And um, it is the original trail. It follows the original trail that people would have used in colonial times and even pre-colonial times. um, Because, you know, you didn't have paved roads. Right. You had trails. (laughs) And um, sometimes it was actually faster to go by boat than to go over land. Mm -hmm. And um, But if you had to go by land, this is how you did it. That's really neat. And I'm, I'm seeing in some of the pictures, uh, and is this correct? So part of it's like paved, part of it is boardwalk? Yes. There's okay. a really nice, really long section of boardwalk um, between Alexandria and Mount Vernon. And that it's kind of goes through a marsh. And so there's like birds and sometimes you can see some fish in the water. So it's, it's really cool. It's, you would never believe that you're close to one of the most important cities in the United States right. <laughs> when you're going through part of this trail. Um, so yeah, the boardwalk part is really, really cool. There's a couple of other sections that are also boardwalk, but it's mostly paved. Oh, that's really neat. So you could literally, if I'm understanding this right, four leads into number three. So you can bike the Mount Vernon Trail, start up in Old Town, and then dry, uh, ride it down to the Mount Vernon Estate and then just yep. tour the estate. Yep. People that's do it all the time. It is um, one of the the favorite ways for, for locals to um, go to Mount Vernon. That's really neat. And so number three is Mount Vernon. And I know you wrote an article about Mer- Mount Vernon before um, mm-hmm. for us. So tell us some about Mount Vernon, what can be found there. I know that the the article that you did, the the pictures were incredible. The article is very, very detailed. And while you tell folks about what they can expect at Mount Vernon, I'm going to look up what issue that was in. I could do that. Okay. Or Randy will do that. 
Thank you. Um, so Mount Vernon is obviously the house is the main attraction and it's actually really cool. You can, they have like a diorama of, or, uh, Anyway, they have it where you can see the original part of the house and then how it was added onto over the years. And so it started as just like a very small little house. And then now it's, I mean, it's still small by today's mansion standards, but for the time it was a really massive house. And um, so George Washington designed a lot of it um, because he inherited it from his older brother, Lawrence, um, who passed away. Interesting. And so when he inherited it, you know, he, he made it his own home and, um, that was always where he wanted to come back to he and Martha. Um, and you know, he didn't necessarily want to be president. He felt like it was kind of his duty. He didn't really want to live anywhere, but Mount Vernon, um, which I think is very sweet. And he has this like epic view over the Potomac. And so you, tour the house and you can go to what we would think of as the back porch. They didn't really have a back and a front back then, but they, on the back porch, basically there's rocking chairs and it's like up on top of a hill and overlooking the Potomac. It's one of the most beautiful views in the area. Oh wow! Um, so definitely take a few minutes and enjoy that outside. Um, but then you, so you can go into the dining room and into some of the living spaces and you can go to see his bedroom upstairs where he died, um, which is sort of macabre, but also super cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it is, I mean, if you do nothing else at Mount Vernon, you have to tour the house. It's just the best thing to do is to tour this house because it is so early America. It just gives you such an insight into the founding fathers from George Washington's perspective and their um, you know, how it looks today is not how it looked back then. Like how our country looks today and is today is so different from how it was back then because they were making it up as they went along. And right. so it's just, it's so fascinating. But Mount Vernon is so much more than just the house. So there's massive gardens there and they really grow things that they would have grown in the 18th century. There is a huge barn that they would use as um, a mill. I I might be saying the wrong word, but the horses would walk around it. And, oh, and yeah, like an old the, grist mill. The, yes, yes, like that. And so there's also the grist mill down the road, but this was one was actually the barn. Um, and so the horses would walk around and it's it was like technology because they were, it was a place for the horses to be, but they were also working while they were just like standing around and stuff. So it's, it's really, really fascinating. And they usually have costumed interpreters, um, telling you about all this stuff and they have, um, like a colonial fair in the fall and they just have so many cool things going on. I really recommend going at Christmas as well because they always have a camel. Oh, no way. Um, They have a Christmas camel. And the reason is because George Washington wanted a camel and somebody sent him one. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sent him a Christmas camel. Um, So you can go and see the camel. And I think his name is Aladdin. They might they might change out every once in a while, but um, I think they call him Aladdin. And um, so that is super cool. They really do have animals there. They really do grow a lot of the things that they then sell in 
the um, gift shop. They have one of the best gift shops that you have ever seen. Really? Like, it's massive. They have stuff you can actually use, not just a bunch of tchotchkes. I mean, if yes. you like tchotchkes, they have that too. <laughs> but they have grits that they grow and um, do their grist mill thing. <laughs> so you can have white grits or yellow grits. Um, they have just all kinds of things. Um, they do actually have a distillery. Oh, there as well because George Washington was a distiller and uh, so yeah it is one of my favorite places in all of Virginia honestly is Mount Vernon because there's so much to do there's something that will be interesting to everyone Um, and you know if you go on a rainy day they also have a phenomenal museum and that is all inside so rain or shine What's and they wrong? have a what? restaurant there too, don't they? Yep. They do. They Ooh, do have a restaurant so can... where they they serve colonial fare. Oh, I love it! So you can you could make an entire day, take a bike ride down there, spend the entire day there, have dinner. I mean, that just sounds fabulous. So, so yeah. I I just got done reading Dave McCulloch's book, uh, McCulloch's book, uh, seventeen seventy six, and it was interesting because. It dives a lot into kind of George Washington, just the man, basically. And I mean, it talks mainly about that year, 1776, which is early in the American Revolution. And and it was interesting because, like, uh, Washington's whole world was crumbling around him during the war. I mean, he was getting beat skirmish after skirmish, and his men were deserting. You know, contracts uh, uh, were going up and people were leaving, and, and everything around him was going around, um, you know, just bad he had a couple officers that were questioning his ability and here he was sending letters home to a person working on mount vernon saying i want the fireplace to be dead center i want the drapes to look like this i want this to be like this and it was just really interesting that that was kind of where he was getting his peace because he had all this chaos around him and he sounds like a very meticulous person uh and so because he couldn't he was having a hard time controlling the war at that point that was very early on in the war that uh, he was trying to dictate everything that was going on, all the all the renovations that at uh, Mount Vernon. So interesting. But getting back to you, what you were thinking of the article, you were thinking of Monticello. Uh, oh, she, Monticello. Did, she wrote about Charlottesville, okay. which is Monticello. Sorry. She hasn't written about. Uh, uh, I think I wrote about. Maybe in my Washington D.C. article, I probably mentioned Mount Vernon. I feel like I wrote about that for y'all. Is it okay? I was, well, I'll find it. Yeah, you I, find it. Well, I, I I did a search for. Um, um, Mount Vernon, I did it didn't pop up, but let me look at the DC. I was thinking okay, of Charlotte DC. And she then, did talk about Monticello and Okay, deep, maybe that's what detail. I was thinking. And sorry. So we'll move on to number two because I have so many questions. <laughs> 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 and number two is take a ghost tour or history tour of Alexandria. And you used to do ghost tours, Whitney? I did. So I worked for Alexandria Colonial Tours and I just love history. And I had taken the tour a couple of times. Um, so I they had two routes and I had already taken both routes. And so I called one day and I was like, do you have another route that I could take? I've taken, you know, the other two. And Wellington, the owner, was like, well, actually, um, right now we just have the two tours. Would you like to be a tour guide with us? <laughs> oh, like, wow. Yes, yes please. So it was probably one of the most fun jobs that you could ever imagine. We got to dress up in colonial garb. Yes. We carried a little lantern. It was so much fun. Um, and then I, I moved a little bit too far away to keep doing it. But I did it for about five years. Wow. <laughs> and it was so much fun. I mean, the tours are can be geared towards young people or, you know, more of an adult tour. And so it's. It's just so much fun. So you go 
either the north route or the south route. And you end up at a graveyard in one of those tours. And um, so you basically are left in a graveyard. Don't worry, we got to get back. <laughs> but along the way, you see all of these like early, like epic early American sites. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a real place. Oh, my gosh, this is right here. Oh, my gosh, I can touch this building. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh, somebody actually lives in this house. You know. <laughs> so it's all along the way, you're seeing all of these epic sites and hearing these really fun ghost stories. So it's, it's, I totally recommend it. And they are, um, I want to say usually two a night, um, in, in the season. So you have a couple of chances Mm -hmm. every night to take the tour. And I gave both routes. I gave the North route and the South route and, they're just both so fun. There's different stories. So if you want to take both routes, you absolutely can. Um, tell them that Whitney sent you. Yes. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, definitely. The ghost tours are amazing. But the history tours are also a lot of fun. So if you're just into the history, you can call Alexandria Colonial Tours and just request a history tour. And it'll be a private tour. And you can tell them what history you're interested in. Like if you're more interested in of revolutionary history, if you're more interested in civil war history, if you're interested in history that is not associated with a war. Um, so it's, it, they have such amazing guides who just really make the experience personalized. And um, some of the, my favorite tours were the private tours because you really get to talk to people and figure out what they're really interested in and then like play that up for them. So just amazing. Amazing. It was so much fun. And I hope that everybody who's listening to this and goes to Alexandria will take either a ghost tour or a history tour or both. Absolutely. I, you know, we do a lot of tours when we go into towns for that, for that reason, just getting a side of history that you normally don't get, or you'd have to do a lot of digging and researching yourself to learn And I love the history tours because somebody else gets to do that. And then, like you said, Whitney, stand in front of these buildings, hearing about that history of what took place there exactly where you're standing. And I think that is just the most incredible part about doing these these types of tours. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, like even the one we talked about in Durango, which was technically a terrible ghost tour, but it was a great history tour. tour. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, we learned so much about the history of Durango, but, you know, the the, uh, ghost part of it, whatever you want to say, was just not all that great. No, it wasn't. I, you know, but... But I like, like, I'm not into the ghosty part of it, but I enjoy ghost tours because you get a seedy side of history that you normally wouldn't get to hear on, like, a normal history tour. And that's why I I do enjoy both of them. Like, we did a ghost tour in Savannah, and it was incredible to not only hear kind of the that seedy history, but walk through Savannah at night and see it in a different light. Ghost tours are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ghost tours are awesome. She, uh, yeah, I love them. I, I, I want you, you to, do. I want you to give us one when we come out there to uh, Alexandria. So we, we're going to, absolutely. We're going to not I'll put in, I'll, I'll put on my little colonial. Yes. And carry the lantern. We're not going to stay with you, but you got to give us a tour. <laughs> right. So this is okay. really worked right. out to our benefit. We're, we're capitalizing. This is a great trip. <laughs> so, so Whitney, you were correct. It was issue four that you wrote about Washington, D.C., you talked about a side trip over to Alexandria, and that's where you talked about Mount Vernon. So she did go into a lot more detail about that uh, in Issue 4, if you happen to have Issue 4. And if not, go out and subscribe and get Issue 4. That's right. 
So we're right. moving on to number one, right? Well, number one, yes. So, uh, Cal, give us your Amazing drum roll. That's terrible. It's getting worse as we go. You know what? You know what that came from, uh, Whitney. You know what she's doing? That's from Christmas Vacation. Christmas, yeah. That's when they're standing in front of the lawn and the mother-in-law is going. I don't know what possessed that started in Key West. That was the very first episode. You started doing that, like whatever reason. It's horrifically stuck. It's one of those things that shouldn't have stuck, but it did. Episode seven hundred and ninety-four. I will still be doing this. So number so it's number one is shop at the farmers market that's been around for over two hundred and fifty years, been active as a farmers market. So tell us a little bit about that, Whitney. Okay, so the farmers market in Alexandria is the oldest continuously operating farmers market in the country. Wow. They have been around every single Saturday, even in the wintertime. Every single Saturday, you can go to Market Square and shop like a local. Um, we have vendors who come from all over the place because this is such a well-known, massive, popular market. Um, but we, they, I mean, you can get everything. You can get fruits, vegetables, baked goods. You can get pastries. You can get coffee. You can get um, local art. Um, there is a woman who paints um, scenes from Old Town Alexandria and of various other places as well, but especially Alexandria in DC. And so you can get some of her art if you're into getting local art. Um, there's just everything. There's flowers, there's a candle person, um, there's jewelry makers. There, you can find just about anything here. So if you're looking for something to take with you in your RV, um, as you're going to your next place, like definitely stop by the farmer's market and get a little bit of the local taste, if you will. And where is it located? It is at Market Square, which is at 300 King Street. Um, you really can't miss it. <laughs> it's the main <laughs> square. Um, and actually, Gadsby's is on one side. Um, Carlisle House is on another side. And the Apothecary is just down the street. So the Visitor Center for Visit Alexandria is right there on the corner. So you're going to be here anyway. You might as well go to the Farmer's Market Absolutely. on Saturday. So what, what, what's interesting to me, and, and uh, I know you weren't with us when we recorded the uh, intro to this, uh, but when I... What I was reading is George Washington used to supply fruits and veggies from Mount Vernon to this farmer's market. And so he did. So, I mean, 250 years ago or however many years, I'm, I'm not going to do the math that quickly, but, uh, you, you know, you could go down there and buy something that George Washington from brought George, to market. Yeah. And I, I mean, think it's that's just so in, cool. I think that's incredible that, you know, that he he supplied that, but. Yeah, and I mean, just goes go to the same spot. Right. He used to, you know, the same place because it's it's been in the same area, right? It's the exact same place. Yeah, it's been in the exact same place. That's just awesome. see, and this is what I love about history, and I have said it to Randy so many times. I'm like, if this area could talk, like if you could stand in the middle of that market and it could talk, or you could get a glimpse and see a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, you know, who was standing there, what conversations were they having, what were they buying? I just think that is just, to me, so incredibly fascinating. Right. To go back in time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I love how history intersects. Yeah. I, I think about that all the time, like... Because, you know, the Civil War happened here, but also the Revolutionary War happened here. But also, this was George Washington's first job, was surveying the layout of the town right here. Like, it's so cool to me how history intersects 
throughout history. And Alexandria is such a great example of that. Yeah, that is so cool. Are we putting it on our list? We're putting it on our <laughs> list. Our list is so big. We're, we're just going to have to take, we're just going to take a year sabbatical. Don't we? Oh, what do they call that? An in-between, a gap. We're taking a gap year. That's what we're doing. A gap year. That's yes. right. You should spend at least a month in Virginia and you should do D.C. for a week, Alexandria for a week, Charlottesville for a week. And pick something else for a week and just like do do the major things in Virginia. And I'll join you. Yes, I would love that. I'd like I to go to <laughs> Appomattox is there in Virginia, right? Yes, yeah, so it I'd is. Like to go, I know there's probably not a whole lot there, but I'd love to go there. And so we, we've been talking about doing that, coming out to Gettysburg and then making mm-hmm. our way over to Appomattox and then all through that, kind of doing like a Civil War uh, type uh uh, RV trip. So uh, we that that's we need come to, to, we've got to get these things on our calendar. Like we just need to do this because there's seriously the more of these top tens we do, the more of these podcasts. I'm like, we're going there. We're going to go there. Honestly, I, I wouldn't want to go all the way out there and not see Yorktown and well, all those. Right. Things as well. so you got to you got to do it and see it all. Which battle was Yorktown, baby? Where, huh? Which battle is Yorktown? Yeah, exactly. The Battle of Yorktown. <laughs> Everybody knows that. It's funny when you try to test her. But anyway, so yeah. so getting around, it sounds like from what I was reading, uh, it sounds like pretty much it's all walkable, at least the old town. Is that correct? Yeah, the old town is very walkable. You're going to want to either drive or take a bike down to Mount Vernon because it's, I want to say it's eight miles. It's either eight or 10 miles from Alexandria to Mount Vernon. And, um, but other than that, everything that we talked about is very walkable. So just park it and walk. Okay. Oh, are nice. the, are the streets, uh, uh, pretty narrow? Um, I mean, can you get they a smaller RV? They are pretty RV? narrow okay. through Old Town. They are definitely narrow. Okay. So if you're driving around in a Class C, you're not pulling a toad with you, uh, definitely park your, uh, your RV and just walk around. I assume there's, uh, there's gotta be Uber and all that in the area, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you wanted to get somewhere out there, uh. Now, as far as uh, camping options, it looks like um, I, I pulled up the anything above four-star rating. Uh, travel camp is there. It looks like they're all kind of on the outskirts. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm finding, too, is a lot of them are not necessarily in Alexandria, a little bit on the outskirts, which makes sense because, you know, when you have these historic towns, you're not going to have a lot of land sitting around for an RV park. You mean they didn't have RVs back in 1776? Uh, they kind of did, but they were covered wagons. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, the original OG camping. So travel camp in Fort Belvoir, I guess is how it's pronounced, Virginia, is it got the best rating, and that's 4.4 stars mm-hmm. uh, out of 181 reviews. So that's not the best I've, I've seen. Either. Poic Bay Campground uh, in Lorton, Virginia, Camp Wilson, Prince William uh, Forest RV Campground. So, you so, yeah, just do your research in there. There's nothing that's standing out. Uh, we don't have any recommendations because no. we've not been in the area. I did think, I, I do think I saw a KOA that's pretty far out. Uh, you also do have Cherry Hill Park, which is up in Maryland, and we have stayed there. We did, and uh, that was super nice. That might be a little far. Um, Probably, but it's great if you do want to add DC to your trip. You know, so if you're looking like, wow, Alexandria sounds great. Wow, I had no idea I was so close to D.C. Then Camp Cherry Hill. Is that what it is, babe? Yeah. Yep. Cherry Hill. Cherry that, Hill. that was an amazing campground. That, was, that is literally like a resort. You can charge everything to your campsite. Um, they have a bus system that comes in through their park. They have people that will help you organize trips and navigate the public transportation to get into D.C., um, I mean, they have like 
swim, multiple swimming pools, multiple restaurants, mini golf. And it's a resort because you it, had it's like a, a resort, you, resort. You wore a band and you could use the band to charge restaurant food and all that stuff. I so just said that. Did you really? I did. Thank God these things are recorded because y'all just heard that. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> out there I do pay heard that. To her. No, he doesn't. No, what not. I was doing, I was scrolling back. Right? Uh, if, if you're going to DC, uh, you can also listen to episode two. Uh, you can all, uh, episode two, we talk a lot about Washington, DC, but also. Whitney wrote an amazing article back in uh, issue four. Again, if you've got the magazine, uh, go back and list that, or you can purchase our, all our back issues digitally and, and get that as well. So, uh, but anyway, so check and out the different campgrounds. Cherry Hill, we do recommend. Yes, yes, for sure. But again, that's in the DC ish area. North, actually, it's Maryland. It's Cherry Hill, Maryland is where it is, but it's. Uh, that's why North. I added the ish to the end of the DC <laughs> yeah, exactly. because I'm geographically challenged. I couldn't tell people where it is. Exactly. I just say, Google it. Now, now <laughs> Whitney's got a lot of different things going on. We want to give yes. uh, Whitney a few. Time she she's an author of uh, several books, many books actually, mm-hmm. and then she also has a travel agency. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, or the listeners a little bit about both uh, the books you got out there? I know we talked a lot about that, the books mm-hmm. uh, in the last podcast, but you know maybe refresh everybody's memory and, and where, where they can, they get can this. find you. Yeah, thanks so much for letting me do this, guys. Yeah, yeah so I have nine books, and you Woo. can just put in Whitney O'Halleck into Amazon, um, and they will all pop up. The most recent one is Secret Agent Girl, and it is about a young woman working in Washington, D.C. She gets fired from her government job and decides to become a travel blogger. But the secret intelligence agency decides that that is the best cover possible for their newest spy. And you just have to read the book to see how hilarity ensues. Yes. Um, but because part of that is in um, centered in Washington, D.C. And, of course, she lives in Alexandria because she lives in the coolest place ever. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I thought that would deserve an extra plug today. So secret agent girl. And uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's in paperback and on Kindle if you prefer Kindle. Great. And then uh, you, you've got this travel agency that you went in partners uh, and you're taking uh, folks over to the uh, Holy, Land. Holy Land. Yep. Over yes. to Israel. And then um, uh, also, don't you go to Jordan as well? Yes. Um, so Elevation Journeys is the name of the company. And we also have a podcast if you are looking for more podcasting in your life. And it is the Israel Travel Podcast. And so we go to Israel, Egypt, and Jordan. And mostly the focus is on Israel um, because that is where most of the holy sites are. But we also offer um, excursions to, like I said, both Jordan and Egypt, because there are also biblical holy sites in both of those places. And Elevation Journeys is um, my business partner and I started it because we just feel like it's an underserved uh, market for Christians. And I mean, I know a lot of Christian groups go over there, but the way that we're doing it and the way that um, is the way that it's going to really elevate your faith and really bring meaning to the places that you read about in the Bible. So kind of our focus and the way that we work our tours is just a little bit different. And if you want more information, you can go to elevationjourneys.com. We also have a blog, israeltravelblog.com. And of course, our podcast, Israel Travel Podcast. That's awesome. Thank you. And this is why one of the many, many reasons that we bring Whitney on, because she is just so incredibly knowledgeable in in history and traveling and traveling here in the United States, traveling abroad. She has been an incredible asset to us here at RV Destinations Magazine. 
you have been, I can't, I don't even know how many podcasts you've been on with us, but it's been great because <laughs> it's just, you're this massive wealth of knowledge. So for all of you listening out there, be sure to go out and find Whitney on social media or her website and follow her, use her for this incredible wealth of knowledge that she has. So Thank, Thank you. you so much. I really appreciate that. Yes. And my website is quickwittravel.com. And all of my socials are the same, quickwittravel. And that's W-H-I-T, quickwittravel. Um, and I would love to have everybody follow me and DM me and tell me that you came from the podcast. I would really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, <laughs> the things that you said are so much nicer than just saying she's all over the place, which is mostly how I feel. <laughs> you did a great job there. When you, you've got on your website, you've got a pretty extensive blog, a blog, don't you? I, I believe you got it kind of categorized very efficiently and everything, don't you? If I remember, it's been a long time since I've been in your blog. I got to admit that, but you've got a pretty large yeah, blog. Yes, don't you? I do. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I, I kind of pride myself on having a very well organized blog because I have. I want to say it's close to 1400 blog posts. And so they need to be really well organized. And I do actually, um, if you go to my United States page, you will find more information about Alexandria and all of the places that I've been in the United States. Um, It's organized by state. So you can just click on the state and the post will come up. And then I have a whole page dedicated to Washington, D.C. So separated by neighborhood, by activity, um, food, all those things are all on my Washington, D.C. page. So if you just go to quickwittravel.com and then in the little search box, you can either put in United States or Washington, D.C. and it'll come up for you. That's awesome. And there's not going to be a better person to talk about Washington, D.C. than Whitney. She she does live there. <laughs> yeah. and she said she lives in, she has lived in Alexandria. So pretty much a resident She's, expert. Yeah, she is a places. resident expert for so, sure. <laughs> and also folks out there, I've got the uh, issue 18, the fall journal sitting in my hand here. I know, I'm so excited. And, and excited <laughs> Callie's excited because she yes! made the cover of the magazine. I made the cover of my <gasps> magazine. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, and I struggle with that. I know. Uh, and I just said, no, I want to be on the cover. <laughs> So, so yeah, so yeah, she kind of pulled her and said, I want to be on it, but I struggle with that because I didn't want it to come off the wrong way, but uh, it's, uh, I felt like this was a great one. So it's a picture at the wave out in Utah and it's beautiful and she's in a dress, but she brings perspective to the whole picture. And so I think it works. So it's not like a, a vanity fair or a glamour magazine. No, no. So for for all of you listening out there, I just want to thank you all for letting me grace the cover of our first official Print magazine. I'd like I'm, to. I'd like to thank my producer. I'd like, I'd like to, to thank, thank my director, the Academy, and my manager. But yeah, so if you're if you're not a subscriber, um, you know, we I know we've been pushing the print version a lot lately, but the digital version just as beautiful. Mm-hmm. But this is a beautiful magazine. I'm holding it here. We've got. Uh, we've got uh, hundreds and hundreds of these sitting uh, in boxes, getting ready to go out. So, if you if you do not have a subscription, go out there. You can use the uh, uh, coupon code. What is it? Podcast, podcast twenty. That's podcast all caps two zero to save twenty percent off. On one of any, our, descri- uh, any subscription, any of them, digital of them, or digital. print, either one or both. And um, if you're like, gosh, how do I get a hold of one of these past issues where Whitney talks about 
Washington, D.C., and a little bit more on Mount Vernon, well, we do all digital back issues. So you could get a digital back issue. You can get a print subscription. Use that podcast 20 and save 20%. Yeah, you've got to buy the, the back issues as a whole. So so those that are just recently joining us, uh, we, we just went to print uh, with issue 17. Mm-hmm. And so anything prior to issue 17 is not it's available as a back issue. It's all digital. So Correct. so with the you, you've got a package where you can buy all the back issues. Um, we also have a VIP package, which you get everything, everything. that we offer, yes. including all the back issues. We've got many different ways to buy the back issues. Yeah, so go out to our website at www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com. And you can uh, check our subscription page and see all the different subscriptions that we offer. Use that code PODCAST20, PODCAST20 for 20% off. And we want to thank you all out there for listening. And thank you so much again, Whitney, for joining us today, talking about the top 10 things to do in Alexandria, Virginia. And be sure to get out there and rate, review, and subscribe to or follow the RV Destinations podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to get out to our website, subscribe, and be sure to get your copy of the top 10 PDF at rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash top 10. I am Callie Beheimer here with Randy Beheimer and Whitney O'Halick, and we want to thank you all for listening to us today. Safe travels. Take care, y'all. You've been listening to the RV Destinations Podcast. Hitting the road in an RV is one of the most popular things to do nowadays, and it's our passion to clue you in on where to go and what to see. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, visit our website at www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com, and from there, you'll get a more in-depth look at destinations for the RVer. Thanks for listening, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time on the RV Destinations Podcast.